You are listening to Meeting the Madams. This is Amory Sky. Got a lot in your mind and we can talk about it. Got a lot going on and we can talk about it. If you're looking for grooves, we want to talk about it. If you're looking for food, we want to talk about it. Got good news, I want to talk about it. Hey, hey. I'm going to get a light and you can shine on it. I'm going to get a light and you can shine on Hello, beloved. I hope you are having an awesome fall season. I hope that you're not letting this gloomy weather sometimes get to you and doing stuff that makes you happy. On today's episode, we will have Dr. Jennifer Edwards, who is a Dallas-based nonprofit and financial expert, and she will give us some tools to live our best lives. I hope you enjoy. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm going to go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself, Dr. Edwards. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Dr. Jennifer Edwards, and I am a financial coach, and I really enjoy helping high-performing women and moms with protecting and securing their life savings and their finances. So um, if you're ever in Dallas, I'd love to grab coffee with you, go to a yoga class. Um, I'm married. I've got two kiddos, and really just make time to serve clients and then also enjoy my family. So that's where I am. I'm glad to be here. Let's, let's have a good talk. Okay. So my first question is what is a balance for African-American women who feel like they have to overcompensate in their professional life and their personal life? How do they make sure to balance out both while still climbing um, the corporate ladder or just their professional life? Oh, I love this question. I love this question. I have had my own business now for about a decade, and I've also been a nonprofit professional and leader for my entire career, of course, with increasing financial responsibilities. And um, finding, finding the balance can be challenging. At the same time, if you're looking to advance your career, or grow your business, you've, you've got to set boundaries because we're asked to do so much. And sometimes we have this glorified superwoman, you know, concept. Some of us embrace it. Some of us don't. I think we need to be real about needing support. Um, we need to be real about needing rest. And so where I have been able to now arrive to, and it was a journey for me as well, was recognizing that I have to set boundaries. Otherwise, you're not going to last long. You want to go up the career ladder. If you're burnt out, you're not going to be able to do anything. You want to grow your business. If you're up at 2 a.m. every night, you will run out of steam. And so you know, the balance for me is in embracing what are my priorities and being really comfortable with that um, and making sure that my schedule aligns with that. So being willing to say, hey, I'd love to support you. Maybe not on this day. Is there another day I can help? You know, that's a nice way of saying no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and just setting setting the boundaries and being comfortable with them and knowing that having rest or having support is not a weakness. It's not a weakness. And I even see this with clients who are even 
kind of afraid to come forward to talk about their finances because they want to do it all themselves. But we've got to have partners that can work with us to support us. So rest in partnership, rest in partnership. (laughs) Yes. So how do you make sure to communicate with your partner that you do want to make sure that it's your um, professional life is priority as long as they understand that it takes two to navigate um, your personal life. Okay. So, and you mean like a relationship type Mm -hmm. of partner? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. It's so important. I've, I've now been married to my husband for a decade. We celebrated 10 years about a month ago. And it's important when you come to the table that you're aligned with someone who understands your goals. Are you trying to build your business? Are you trying to go to grad school? Do you want to have a family and be a stay-at-home mom? I mean, whatever your goals are, um, you want to make sure you have someone aligned with that and that it's not a surprise later on that you wanted these things. And I think, you know, one area, especially for those of us that are entrepreneurs and business owners, sometimes we want them to show up with us in our space. And we have to really think about, does this partner want to follow my vision for my business? Is that going to even work? And every every partner is different, you know, and some couples thrive well in business together. You have to see where where do you all fit in together with each other so that you have the appropriate expectations. So maybe your partner doesn't want to have anything to do with your business. Make sure you allow that to be okay. Allow that to be okay. At the same time, they should allow you to continue thriving and growing in your business or thriving and growing in graduate school or, you know, growing in your career. They should not be stopping you. The key questions are usually, is this person with me on the ride or are they supporting the ride and gaining clarity about that? So it's it's about open communication and also sharing, you know, if you're able, you might be already past this with your partner, but if you're able up front to really just have those conversations. Okay. Uh, my next question is like, how do you, to avoid burnout, as you said, how do you begin to pivot into another career without hurting your financial um, savings and your income without having to, you know, take a lower income? Yeah, so that's that's a layered question because there's the finance piece of this, there's the planning piece of this, and the mindset piece of this. So financially questions that we need to ask are, do you have enough in your accessible savings? So money you could get right now if you needed it, if your car broke down or something like that. Do you have enough in there for a good six months or really until you would find that new role? Are you willing to leave where you are, Mm -hmm. have nothing but your savings as you look for a new role? Mm -hmm. So that's one question. And then if the answer is no, you don't quite have those savings, 
then you might want to think about, okay, how do I transition? Is there a role I can take on part-time or am I going to have to look for another job and continue working my current job? That's, that's a viable option as well. Mm -hmm. So you just, you want to be smart about it. I know a lot of times we get really excited and really ambitious and we might want to dive into our own business and we think we're going to make millions in a month, but we have to be realistic about setting ourselves up for stability and success. So plan ahead, make sure you've got those reserves um, because starting, starting a business takes time and additional finances. Um, pivoting in a career takes time. So, so don't set yourself up for more financial stress, which I love talking to groups about financial wellness. Don't your, set yourself up for financial stress by leaving something stable that you currently have. Um, so that's the, the financial piece of it. And then really the career side of it, I would recommend finding someone that's in the area of work that you do, mm -hmm. learn more about it, make sure that it's even something you'd be interested in. So uh, have those conversations. If there are networking events, start going to the events. And I know some of us can cringe at the word networking, um, but arrive with thoughts and ideas on what you have to offer the people that you're going to see. And don't come in trying to connect with everyone, come in and try to connect with one or two people so that it seems more attainable for you. And just go in to learn about people. Don't go in trying to get business cards, trying to get phone numbers. It's really about, hey, what do you do? Here's what I'm interested in. You know, let's talk some more another day and see how we might be able to support each other. So that's a more empowering way to frame things when you arrive with your own skills and your own competencies versus thinking you're going to event, like holding a resume in your hand so that you can say, are you hiring? You know, that's that's not how we're going to get there. That's not how we're going to get there. So um, on the career side, I definitely recommend starting to put yourself in places where there are individuals doing the work that you'd like to do. Um, and then on the mindset side, very similarly, just have an understanding that it takes time and that looking for a new role, especially now, because there are a lot of people moving around jobs and um, you, you really want to keep in mind that sometimes it, it's just a numbers game. So submit your resume, then submit the next resume. Don't wait to hear back on one before you go to the next one. Um, you know, and just keep applying and you will land on something and also still have boundaries so that you're not applying to any and everything. Only apply to a job you'd be willing to do and enjoy. So um, it's, it's possible to transition and change depending on the level you're at. Mm -hmm. um, that might govern where you might enter on the other side and how transferable your skills are really take some time to look into um, your core competencies and core skills and how they apply in the new role. Because if there's a strong alignment, then you're better able to transition over at the same level. If you're going from being an engineer to working in social work, you might have to start from the ground up. Um, so it really, it all depends. So I hate using this term, but... Um... <laughs> because it was developed by white women, but how do we push past imposter syndrome? 
think it's something that everybody deals with at every level, um, especially leaving college or again, that black women are the most um, minority group that is in student loan debt because we always feel like we have to get another degree to compensate for ourselves and overcompensate for um, any flaws that we think we have that are nothing like um, the average white woman may even think about herself. That's that's a powerful question. That's a powerful question. Um, and I can say with confidence in workplaces I've been in, Black women certainly arrive with plenty of education and capability, <laughs> you know? And so it's important for us, there are different rules. I will acknowledge there are different rules for our success that we we're all aware of that we all know. And for anyone who was curious, it's very real. <laughs> it's very mm -hmm. real. And we just, we just have to be, you know, for me, my faith comes into play in terms of being secure in myself um, and in my skills and in my competencies. And we have to come to work with that level of confidence, not arrogance but confidence that we we do deserve to be at the table. And if you know that you have that level of confidence, that will shift the conversations that you're having, you know, because I know a lot of us can get caught up in the email wars and the, you know, per my last message and the all, you know, all these kinds of emails that yeah. start going out. The passive aggressiveness of it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think in some way it's because our credibility is constantly undermined via microaggressions. And, you know, there are often individuals trying to embarrass us in public forum and discredit us in public forum. And so we feel like we have to show up in that way. And so I, I understand it. Um, and that's also why I think the remedy to that is get strong in what you know your strengths are. So that when people are doing those things, you can still rise above it. Because at the end of the day, everyone is still looking at you and how you respond. They're not going to be looking at the person that made the, um, you know, inflammatory comment. They're going to remember that so-and-so got emotional or so-and-so was rude back. And you're thinking, oh, well, I, you know, I checked them, I showed them. And that's not the narrative they're pulling together. That not at all. And so how do we not do ourselves a disservice? How do we not undermine ourselves and our advancement at work? Um, and so it's really, it really does come from within and it takes time to, to get there. And we deserve to be there. We have to know that we deserve to be there. And then everything else over time will just kind of start to bounce off. You'll start to learn when you need to leverage you know, leverage support or ask certain other people to maybe do things for you. And and then there do have to be larger questions that are asked. How long are you interested in doing all of these corporate maneuvers? Um, some people love it. Some people are made for the nine to five and enjoy it. Others enjoy nine to five plus their own business. And some want to strictly live life as an entrepreneur, which has so much freedom um, that I know I enjoy. I do a nine to five. And then of course I'm a financial coach, but you have to find the lifestyle that works the best for you. And so 
um, saying that as well. How are you making sure to be financially secure, Black woman, especially when some of us didn't start saving for towards retirement at age 22 right out of college? Some people were not able to get their career where they were able to save until they were after 30. And how does this um, propel us for the rest of our career so that we know that we can still retire before 65 sometimes and enjoy life or we're not just stuck to a job for 35, 40 years? Yes. And that that's an important question. And so many of us now are looking at retirement and work optional living very different from from our parents and from our grandparents who might have had really solid pensions and they knew exactly when they could retire. And our our picture is very different. And so, you know, my first encouragement is it's never too late to get started. Just recognize that it might require more commitment um, financially or more adjustments financially. So there's there's always hope, especially still in your 30s. I might have a very different conversation with someone in their late 40s, early 50s, because retirement is closer. But, you know, the key is to really define a goal, which a lot of times we overlook this. We're working toward this nebulous retirement concept without having partnered with a licensed financial professional to know, based on the lifestyle I live, the lifestyle I want to maintain in retirement, because social security is not going to cover all of our finances and all of our needs and and the wants that we might have in retirement. So partnering with a licensed financial professional, um, such as myself, I'm happy to support you and your listeners. What is that number? What am I actually working toward? And then you set up a plan to get there. And first focus on the safer strategies, which I enjoy talking about. Um, like leveraging life insurance as a financial tool while you're living, which a lot of people don't know about. Um, and then things like annuities. A lot of times if you're with like state governments or state universities, for example, your retirement plan is an annuity. And it's important to have independent financial strategies set up for yourself in addition to what you have in your workplace. And so that's why I really say to start, set that goal, set up, um, a partnership with a licensed professional, and then have your own independent financial strategies ready to go, you know, your life policy, your annuity. And then over time, particularly because we switch employers more now than before, you have kind of like a home base where you can keep your finances and know that they're still growing. Um, and I enjoy partnering with clients on that because things change over time. Um, even my own financial portfolio, I have my independent accounts, which are important. And then there are a couple with employers that I thought, hey, this was performing really well. Let me just leave it here for now. And so you want to have someone that you can work together with. You know, we have a partner for our physical health. We might have partners for our mental health. Why wouldn't we partner with someone for our financial health? So um, you can get there. It's about working with someone to get a plan going. Um, most definitely. And then that thing too, since you were saying, how do we cover our wants? How do we cover our wants without overextending ourselves financially? I think we get into this mindset of, for, for I'm gonna say, depending on your age, you get into want to be social media, and I want that lifestyle. And then 
again, we have the reality check of what we can and cannot afford. And if people overextend themselves on credit cards, pushing past the limits, getting more credit cards and getting more um, in debt, even though they probably also have student loan debt as well. So how do you manage yourself with wanting to, <laughs> to check out the thing, your to-do list, your travel list, um, and still making sure, again, you are financially secure at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's important. And you know, there are options for things like self-banking for travel. If that's something you're interested in, I'm happy to do the download on that um, individually because there are ways to access your funds and also still continue to grow them. Um, you know, I think it is important for us to get real about the things that we want. Um, are we trying to just keep up with the Joneses and where does that come from? Um, because that's one conversation. And then the other conversation could be, or do you just have so many bills that there's nothing left for you to focus on the things that you might want? So um, I actually, I have a budget and vacation planner as a free gift that you all are welcome to, to access on my site. Um, and it's really a matter of paying down the bills because then you have more freed up for your savings and then for fun, the things you want to do for fun. Um, but then still committing an appropriate portion to your savings. Don't free up all your money because now you don't have bills and then start spending it again. <laughs> no. um, okay. Yeah. What's your question? No, what I was going to say, is that, is that a Black folks thing about keeping up with the Joneses, even before social media, like you said, keeping up with the Joneses. I want to do this. They doing that. I think I deserve that in my life too. Yeah, I think it, it might show up in different groups of people in different ways. I think some of us are more susceptible to peer, it's really peer pressure um, than others, you know, kind of relating to how we have to show up at work. And sometimes we feel like we have to arrive a certain way to prove ourselves I think that goes for our personal life also. Um, did we grow up with nothing? And so now we're excited we can have something. Um, did we grow up with a lot? And so that's just what we're used to now. But we realize, hey, now I'm on my income, my salary, <laughs> not my parents. But I'm still not willing to adjust, you know. So I think there are different reasons, um, different reasons for it. But I think what we'll find is, and this might be ironic. I believe in sitting down and looking at your budget one solid time and creating your plan one solid time. And then all the counting the receipts and all that, I don't think it's necessary if you get down to the root of your spending. And so once you understand that, you will see, okay, maybe you don't need all 85 candles at the sale this year. Maybe you can really just get one. Um, okay, or three. You know, I think you'll start adjusting the spending that you do you do have, and you'll see that you have more more funds than you thought you had as well. So it's about getting to the root of why you're spending. I think that's definitely important, um, and I think getting <laughs> that is an important transition. How you said of what your parents were helping you fund versus you getting to the world and starting out at, at entry level salary. Um, and realizing how high, especially now with inflation, how high your bills are versus like 
I want to do this. I want to go out to eat. You cannot afford, you know, your $70 meal this week. You can afford to go to the grocery store and cook and buy a friend over for a bottle of wine. <laughs> Wait, you have me floored over a $70 meal. I'm like, what? You you paid $70? Okay, go ahead. But that, no, I will say, when you start going out, that is easily to, that's easy to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or you go out and you realize, I think I'm just going to order a glass of wine, $15, that's all I, my budget can afford. I can't afford to eat with these people. I'm going to have to um, eat me something when I get home. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, having a reality check about your finances, having a reality check about what you can afford and what are your financial goals um, before you just sit up five years from now and realize I have not seen any of my financial goals. I don't own anything. I've leased my car and I'm still in a hole between credit card debt and student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's important now for people to take advantage of um, President Biden's um, plan for student loans if you make under $125,000 or if you've been working for the government, of course, um, to make sure you are getting some type of help regarding that. But are there any more financial tips you have, especially for Black women? Oh, I mean, there are there are so many opportunities for us to do well. You know, I think we need to acknowledge that hopefully every generation of ours in our family is getting more and more financially free and financially stable. Um, And that there are certain ways to get there. You know, equipping yourself with safer savings is where you start, you know, and there are several core strategies for that that I'm happy to, you know, support you or clients on. And then from there, it's about consistency and automation. I've got to throw automation in there because I don't think that finances should have to consume all of your thinking all of the time. You know, that's that's miserable. So how can you automate things so that you are working toward financial security and stability? You're protecting your life savings. And yes, you can still take that trip. You can still go to that dinner, but you've also worked on your mindset so that you don't need that dinner every week. Maybe you go on that dinner every month and then you do it guilt-free. You know, if you're going to go out there and have the, you know, have the nice meal, at least enjoy it while you're out there. So um, you don't want to just totally remove anything fun from your life. And then I would say that everyone should have a cash accumulating life policy. There are plenty of life policies out there. Um, Some that get not necessarily a good rap because there there are some challenges relating to them. Either the individual might have not told the truth on the application, which can be a problem, or um, it's a kind of policy that's not earning you any money and you don't have benefits. But there are policies out there that if something were to happen to you and you have an illness, you have access to income. Um, you're able to leverage it for growing your savings um, or your cash income, I should say. You can schedule income for life, um, you know, through that or even through an annuity. So so those are some of the safer strategies uh, that I like to focus on. And then, of course, I'm always a fan of real estate. I believe everyone should own real estate. And there are ways to even do that um, in an affordable way so that you're not so riddled with 
a huge mortgage, for example. So I, I actually have a course that discusses that as well. So I think those are the foundational pieces. Um, don't go out there investing in Bitcoin if you don't have your life policy in place, if you don't have your uh, retirement account in place. You know, start with the foundational, the foundational strategies that will help you get there. No, that is totally important. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that I um, did not ask you today? I think you covered it. You covered it. I I usually get really good, like frequently asked questions. I think you've touched on all of them with the really important lens of of Black women and what does it mean for us? Because a lot of times we are the head of our households or we are the... Um, lead earner in our households and so what does that mean that might be different for us and so i think this was a really important conversation a really important conversation to have i'd love to continue it um, or if you want any of the resources that i mentioned i'm available on social at dr jen edwards uh, d-r-j-e-n-n -N edwards and uh, my site is jenniferjedwards.com uh, where you can get some more resources about building your finances. And I definitely think, like I said, that is important with Black women, especially um, like you said, we're the lead um, wage earners compared to our previous generation of our mothers and grandmothers. So thank you for coming on and meeting the Madams today. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. This is an amazing show. I appreciate it also. Thank you. And that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening to Meeting of the Madams today. I hope you are having a great fall, even though Thanksgiving is less than two weeks away. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. One love, Amory Sky.